Okay, good morning. <clears throat> All right, so I'm back after my week absence. I apologize. Not my week, W-E-A-K, but W-E-E. Okay, okay. All right. Um, okay, so we are on Yud, Zion, Amud, Aleph. We are in the middle of the middle wide lines, Rav Sheshes. We had just finished. We're middle of all the tefillos. We are all middle of all the tefillos. Good morning, Al. We are middle of all the tefillos that the, uh, the Amoraim would say after they uh, finished at the Shimon Esrei. And we are now about to start Rav Sheshes, who gave a special tefillah after every time he fasted. So Gemara starts. Rav Sheshes kiyav Yosef b'Tanisa. When Rav Sheshes would finish, or sorry, when he'd be in the middle of a fast, Basar de Matzli Amarachi. After he finished Hishmon Esrei, he would say the following: Ribon Halami, Master of the Universe. Galoy v'yadulaf shebezman shebeis hamikdash kayam. It is known before you that during the time when the Beis Hamikdash was standing. Adam chote mark of carbon. A person, the normal sequence of events would be that if a person, God forbid, went ahead and did an avera, his um, part of his repentance would be to bring a carbon. And the parts of the the parts of the carbon that he would bring were the chelav and the dam, were the fats and the blood. And through that, umas kaparlo, through that act of bringing the carbon, he would achieve kapara. The Achshav Yeshavti Betainis says Rav Sheshes, and now that I am sitting in a Tainis, Vinismait Chelvi Bedami, and as a result of sitting through this Tainis and fasting, my fat level and my blood has shrunk, meaning I've lost a few pounds. Yiratzon should have been. It should be the will of Hakadosh Baruch Hu Mufanecha Shei Chelvi Bedami Shinismait. It should be that the, the my fats and my blood that have diminished, that have decreased as a result of my fasting. It should be as if I went ahead. It should be as if I went ahead and was mark of a carbon, and you found ratzoy, and you uh, and it appeased you. That's the best diet ever. <clears throat> That's the best, right? <laughs> All right, better than uh, Zampik and Bagovi. So now we saw, we spoke a few weeks ago. Whether whenever it says kiilu, whenever it says as if, we saw. Does that actually mean that you get credit for it? We saw the. Rav Shlomo Kluka brought down a machlokas, wherever it says ke'ilu, as if, is it a figurative as if, or do you actually get credit as if you actually did it? We saw machlokas, the drisha, and the taz, and according to the taz, the Torah whenever it says ke'ilu, it means mamish. So it says, kola amagadol yasom beveso, if anyone raises an orphan in his house, ke'ilu yaldo, it's not ke'ilu as if, you get credit for puravu. So, <clears throat> interesting here, he uses his lashon, <clears throat> this is the lashon of Rav Sheshes, when it says ke'ilu, it should be as if I was makar karban. Does it actually mean that you were Makar carbon? This is him saying it, not the actual uh, the Gemara, but this is his own tefillah. Okay, continues. Carbon's out in the morning when we said he wrote some at the end. Correct. Uh, Correct. So it's as if we actually brought the carbon? The Gemara says that elsewhere. When we say carbonos in the morning, it's as if you brought carbonos. You actually brought the carbonos itself. So according to the Taz, it would be that you're getting credit for bringing the carbon. Okay, the Gemara continues. Rabbi Yochanan, whenever Rabbi Yochanan would finish the Sefer of Eov. Remember, Rabbi Yochanan, we brought down on Davdalad or Hey, that he had 11 children and he always walked around with the bone. He lost all of his children. And in order to give Tanchumim, if ever saw someone who was going through Yisurim, he would show them the, the garment, the, the bone of his 11th child and, and say, Listen, we all have Yisurim. You think you have it bad? I buried all 11 of my children. So it's not surprising that he would be learning the Sefer Eov. 
Eov had all these trials and tribulations. Omar Hachi, Rabbi Yochanan, whenever he finished, Eov would say as follows. Sof Adam Lamos, the destination, ultimate destiny of all of us is uh, to go up to Shemayim. We're all going to pass. Pesof and eventually all animals will eventually be slaughtered. Whether you're an animal, whether you're a man, or any other living creature, eventually we all go ahead <coughs> We all go ahead and die. Ashrei Misha Gadol Therefore he says, fortune is the one who grew in learning, va'amala batorah, and toils and works hard and sweats in Asek batorah, va'osenachas ruach liotzro, and finds favor and causes pleasure and find, and causes favor in the eyes of his creator, i.e. HaKadosh through his good acts, v'godal b'shem tov, and he grew up in a good name, with a good name, v'niftar b'shem tov min olam, and not only did he live his whole life with a good name and a good reputation, but he also died maintaining and preserving that reputation. Shlomo, it says about this person, tov sheim and tov, it is a be- better to have a good name than good oil. And, and the day of death is better than the day of birth. What does that mean? That if someone is zochet to go ahead and live his whole life with a good name, then... He dies in, in, in happiness, so, meaning that uh, he lived a good life. It's interesting that they say that it's not only, we're not talking about specifically those people who are born into a dynasty, who are born with, or born with a silver spoon in their mouth, who already have a head start, they're born into a very wealthy family, but we're talking about, and so they're, they're getting their reputation, not necessarily through, through earning it, but those people specifically who earn it through Masim Tovim. Okay, we're going <clears> to, <throat> this next uh, tefillah, we're going to speak about a little bit in depth. Margala Bapume, the pearls of wisdom in the mouth of Rabbi Meir, who said as follows, He says that a person should learn with all of your heart and with all of your soul in order to know my ways, and should be involved in my doors, at the doors of my Torah. He continues and says in the Sur Torasi Bilibcha, Hashem is telling us that we should go ahead and to watch our watch the Torah and our heart, keep the Torah in our hearts. As if he's saying to us, and from your eyes, you should always you should always have yera fear and and trepidation from Kodesh Baruch and Shmor Picha Mikol and guard your lips from all sin. Uh, purify yourselves, v'kadesh atzimcha, and sanctify yourselves. We know that kadesh also means to separate. We'll see that in a minute. V'tayr, purify yourselves, v'kadesh atzimcha, kol ashma v'avon, and sanctify yourselves from all averos, aniyah imcha b'chomakam. And if you do this, this is the formula for success, I will be with you in all places that you are. Just a quick point before we go off on the tangent. It's interesting, the Marsha says, a person can be occupied in one of three ways. A person can be occupied with thought, with deed, or with, with sight. So if you're going, so actually, sorry, thought, speech, and thought, speech, and actions. So when it says in the Torah, Torasi, that when you keep your heart, your your Torah in my heart, that's going to prevent evil thought. When it says negede necha, when you always view me as if I'm in front of you, that's going to prevent you from actions. And when it says shmor picha, guard your mouth, that's from evil speech. So when we give this tefillah, we're actually pre- protecting ourselves on all three fronts: through thought, through actions, and with speech. It says here, v'tahar v'kadesh. It says, purify yourselves and sanctify yourselves. What does sanctif- to sanctify mean? So this is a whole little uh, arichos we're going to discuss now. The Marsha says that this Gemara says, purify yourselves and separate yourselves, meaning 
purify and sanctify, it means as follows. It's referring to the Gemara in Yuvamos that says, Kaddish Atzmecha B'Mutarlach. Sanctify yourself with that which is allowed to you, which that is permissible. So let's backtrack a second. We know that the famous Pasuk in Kedoshim starts off, it says, Daber El Kodas B'nei Israel in Parshish Kedoshim, Va'amarta Aleim, and you should tell B'nei Israel, says Hashem, Kedoshim to you, you should be holy. We'll, we'll describe holy Kedoshim right now as sanctified or holy. Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem because I myself, says Hashem, am Kadosh. What is Kedoshim to you? What does that mean to be sanctified? So Rashi, well, we all know the Rashi. Rashi says there, Separate yourselves. Kedoshim here does not mean holy. It means to be separated. Kadosh, we all think, means to be sanctified. Rashi's telling us it means prushim, separate yourselves from the Arayos. So what does it mean to separate yourself from the Arayos? Why would, why would, what does that have to do with anything? So Rashi continues, Anytime a Kadosh Baruch Hu puts up this imaginary fence uh, around the Arayos, so you also use, he, Hashem uses the word Kedusha, because he says, Isha, Zona, V'chalala, right, certain women you should stay away from, the Kohen, Ki Ani Hashem because I'm the one who infuses you with Kedusha. So whenever Rashi says that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us about an illicit relation, or puts some kind of boundary or, or fence around an Isser, he invokes the word Kedusha. So Rashi is saying, Kedusha means separate yourself from the illicit relations. Separate yourself from what you are not allowed to do. The Ramban disagrees vehemently, and this is a very, very, one of the top five Rambans. Ramban, I'm going to read it as follows. Ramban says, The Ramban says as follows. There are plenty of things. We know there are 365 losas, 365 negative commandments in the Torah. However, he says, there are certain things which you're allowed to do. You're allowed to be intimate with your wife. You're allowed to go ahead and eat meat. But even those things that you are allowed to do have to be done in moderation. The Torah does not offer you to go ahead and eat meat and have a big barbecue or to have, be intimate with your wife. Fakert, it's a mitzvah. Onan Tashmish is a mitzvah. However, it has to be done in the proper guidelines, in the proper context. The Torah does not want you to go ahead and be a glutton, to have meat six times a day and to always have barbecue sauce dripping down your mouth or to have intimacy 14 times a day. Theoretically, you'd be allowed in the context of the Torah, if you're doing something loud, you'd be allowed to be with your wife all day. You'd be allowed to eat barbecue or, or, or fres achilas gasa, to eat a, a gluttonous meal 14 times a day. But that's not what the Torah is telling you. It's basically saying here, you can see that someone who, has, who, who gives in to his uh, desires and temptations, even though he follows the, the blueprint of the Torah, would be able to be with his wife. He sits home all day long with his wife. Or, he drinks wine, he's a glutton, he's a drunk, he's a lush. That's what the Torah is telling us. You could be a manuval, you could be a disgusting per- person, even if you're within the context, even if you're living within the framework, so to speak, of the Torah. That's what the um, Kedoshim to you means. Not like Rashi. Rashi says, separate yourself from that which is usher to you. The Ramban says, separate yourself or at least give boundaries to that as what is allowed to you. Okay, Rashi is saying the illicit uh, um, uh, relationships. The Ramban is saying even that which is mutter to you, the Torah says you can be with your wife, but everything has to be in moderation. That's what Kedusha means. Kadesh lecha b'mutter lecha. Sanctify yourself. Separate yourself, which that which is mutter to you, not which is usher to you. And that's what he says, 
Prushim mina mutaras. Separate yourself from that which is uh, allowed to you, which is permissible to you. So I wanted to discuss this past week's Parsha. It's still, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is from the last week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is for the Shabbos that's coming up, which is why in the Yom Revi Shal Shabbos, we say L'chun Aranana on Wednesday, right? The Shir Shayom, Wednesday is Kabbalah Shabbos, because we're already getting ready for Shabbos. Huh? But Tuesday ready is the last, right? If you miss Havdalah, you don't say it. You're able to say it until Tuesday. Wednesday is the new week. So we still have a little bit of attachment to this past week's Parsha. So the Parsha started, We know the first part, Pasuk of this week's past Parsha says, When you go out to war against your enemy, gives you the victory, and you take a captive. And amongst those that are captive or captured, you find this beautiful woman. You find a pretty woman. And you desire her. And you take her home as a wife. You bring her to your house. And then the Torah prescribes. You have to go ahead and make her shave her head. You have to let her nails grow. She has to mourn her family. And if after all that, you make her look a little disgusting and you still want to marry her, that's fine. But the Torah allows for this, this concept called Eishesifas Torah, a woman that you see in battle and you want to take her home. What does it mean, when you go out to war? So Rashi says there, it's talking about an optional war, not a Melchemes Mitzvah, not like conquering the seven nations in the land of Eretz Israel. Why, says Rashi? Because if it's talking about a Melchemes Mitzvah, a a war that you're commanded to do, you're not allowed to take captives. The, the obligation is lo neshama. You have to kill. You're not allowed to take captive. So Rashi said, by definition, in this scenario that the Torah is giving us in this last week's parsha, when you go to war, you find this beautiful amongst the captives. You find this beautiful woman, and you desire her, and you want to bring her into your home. It must be talking about a mechemes rishos. So Rabbi actually Goldberg actually mentioned this, but it's well known that the actual we have many different ways to interpret chomish. Psa, uh, right, there's uh, Pshat, there's Drash, there's Remez, and Sod. Normally, the Drash is something that we have to go, it's not, and the, the Pashat is the simple understanding. Drash is already, you're learning a little insight, <clears throat> not, it's not so obvious. In this case, though, everyone agrees that the Drash is the Pshat. It's not really talking about when you go to war, it's talking about the, who's the war, who are we waging the war against, we'll see what's up this past Shabbos. We're waging the war against the Yetzirah. <clears throat> Right. I won't talk about Goldberg, then not everyone knew the answer, but, right, he no, spoke about... It says in the first passage of the Maftir as well, about Rebbe Amalek. Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. correct, very good. So we're talking about the Yetzirah. So it's interesting, when it says Kitetze, what does it mean that to fit... So you can, you can understand the whole passage, Kitetze, when you go out, why do you have to go out to fight the Yetzirah? Because you have to be preemptive. We're going to see in a couple, psuk, a couple lines in the Gemara, it's a constant uh, battle that we're waging with the Yetzirah that he wages against us. And Kitetze means you should be proactive. Don't just sit there and wait for him to pick you, to, to pick you off like a sitting duck, but rather be proactive and be vigilant and try to beat him. Aloivecha, on your personal enemy. What do you mean your personal enemy? You can go to war, it's not your personal enemy. Your personal enemy means your Yetzirah knows you specifically, he knows your, your trigger points, he knows your pain points, he knows your weaknesses. And it's upon you, it's on you to go ahead and fight them. In any event, Rav Yisrael Meir Druk in his Eisha Torah says something unbelievable. He says, it's a, it's a fantastic safer, and he says as follows. He says, you know what Melchemes Mitzvah is referring to? He says, Melchemes Mitzvah, Melchemes Rishos. He says, it's, if you understand that it's really talking about the Yetzirah, 
How do you understand Rashi? talks about Chemes Mitzvah, Chemes Rishots. We understand that this wage war, war that we're waging is against the Yetzirah. So what does Rashi say? It must be talking about Chemes Rishots. Because if Chemes Mitzvah, you can't take any captives. You have to kill everyone. So Rav Druk says it's talking about the Yetzirah's war against Mitzvahs and versus telling us what we're allowed to do with shoes. He says as follows. He says, by Melchemist Mitzvah, it's talking about the Yetzirah is telling us not to do mitzvahs. Don't do this, don't do this, do this, violate a mitzvah. But when it says Melchemist Harishus, it's talking about the Yetzirah is fighting us even on that which is mutterlach, exactly what the Ramban was telling us. The Ramban said, Kidoshim Tiyu means you should separate from that which is mutter to you. So that is what Rav Druk is saying, that the Melchemist Mitzvah and the Chemist Rishos, how do you understand, if it's talking about the Yetzirah, what does it mean that an obligatory war versus an optional war? It's talking about the Yetzirah fighting with us on two different fronts. He's fighting with us that which is mutter to us, and he's fighting with that, that which is usher to us. <clears throat> and that's exactly what the Ramban is saying. Don't be a manuval b'shus ha There are certain things that you're allowed to do. But do it in moderation. The Yetzirah is going to say, no, sleep in. You're not violating anything. Sleep in so you're more well-rested, so that you can go to work better today and you can, you can exercise better. Not that you can learn better or do mitzvahs better, but that you can you do all these other earthly things better. Not those things aren't important, but it's a question of where I focus on. We're all familiar <clears throat> with the Gemara in Avodah Zarah, Dav Chaf, which the Ramchal wrote his whole Masilas Yisharman. Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair gives us, a third, I think it's 13 or 14 steps, how to go ahead and to, to uh, achieve the ultimate level. And he says, of Yira, he says, Mikanara Pinchas Benyar, Torah Mevelid is Zahiros. And he goes on to this whole thing, and Zahiros brings on to Zerizos, and Zerizos alacrity brings to Nikios cleanliness, and Nikios Mevelid de Precious. And if you do each step, you will ultimately get to Precious Mevelid de Tara. Precious separation brings to purity. You skip a few, and it says Mevelid de Kedusha. And eventually you get to Kedusha. So part of the process by which we get to Kedusha is through separating. That's exactly what the tefillah here is saying. V'tahir v'kadish atzmecha. Cleanse yourself, plur- <clears throat> purify yourselves, and separate will lead to tahara. It's interesting, by the way, that um, there are certain things that we do. For example, the Kohen, the Kohen eats. And through the Kohen's eating of the meat of the carbon, we achieve kapara. Something as simple as eating, which is an animalistic, a human, an earthly, a physical act, can achieve kapara when he's eating the meat of a carbon if it's done in a Torah way. When we go ahead and we eat a meal, are we doing it with a kavadik? Are we benching? Are we making brach? We're sharing divrei Torah. Everything that we do, we, we can elevate. We can elevate into a. Um, we can elevate into something which is which is kadosh. It's interesting. The, the Pasuk, um, we see that the Pasuk says, When it talks about the Eishas Yifas Torah, the Torah understands that we're humans, and we have pitfalls, and we're going to falter sometimes. But the Torah allows for it, and it gives you the context. It gives you the context of how to do it in a kosher framework. So let me ask you the following. For all those who are from, remember Parsha Shoftim, now we're going back two weeks ago, we said there are three examples where someone who's at war can go back home and doesn't, he could dodge the draft, so to speak. What are the three cases? If someone built a house and hasn't let you in it, he planted a kerem, and he wasn't able to go, or he married, and he hasn't, it's shona rishona. He can go back. Those three cases, he can actually draft, dodge the draft and go back home. 
But there's one thing before that we all overlook. And it says, anyone who is rach levav, anyone who has a weak heart. What does Rashi say there? According to Sota, Daf Mem Dalet, he has a weak heart. He's afraid he's going to die in Melchama. He should also go back. You don't want to ruin the, the courage, the, the, the morale, the, the, yeah, the, the spirit of the fighting troops. So if you're going to be a Debbie down and say, we're outnumbered, we're going to lose, you're afraid you're going to die, go back home. Why? What is Rach Halivav? You have a chet. You committed a sin. If you think you have a sin in your, in your, in your peckle, and that's going to cause you to die in war, go back home. Says the Gemara Sota, what kind of sin are we talking about? Even the most insignificant, what we think, or trivial sin, that you speak between the Tefillin Shal Yad and the Tefillin Shal Rosh, says the Gemara. If even that, such a small Avera, that you spoke between the Tefillin Shal Yad, a Sach, between Tefillin Shal Yad and Rosh, that's your Avera, you should still go home, don't fight the war. Says Rebbe Leon Schlesinger, I don't understand. If all these people went home, presumably who's left? That's Sadiqim. And you have to tell him about HSC Fastoar? Who's left? Who's left? The guys, the smallest hate are told to go home. Those who committed the smallest of Eirai. You talk between the Tefillah Shayyans. We have a sofa here. He'll tell you it's a bad thing to do. But we're talking on the scale of things. Let's be honest. He spoke. And there you're supposed to go home, says the Gemara. So who's left? The cream of the cream. Right? You have the best people left. And the Torah, Lodibra Torah, Eloklav. And these are the people we still have to warn about It's an amazing thought. So the answer is that even Tzadik and Gemurim, if they're put in the wrong places and they don't position themselves, can falter. It's a question of how do we, where do we put our children? Do we show them that we're going to Minyan? Do they see that we're Kovei Itim? Do we do Chesed? Do we give Tzedakah? Is there Shalom bias? Setting this situation for our children is the same thing. Even Sadiq and Gemurim, if put in the wrong position, can hate. If they're on a chaotic battlefield and they're not in the proper con- uh, 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 environment or setting, all of a sudden they have these desires, the Torah allows for it. But it's not ideal. And how do we know it's not ideal? Because what's the very next parsha? What's the very next parsha? Ben Sorer Mora. And the Gemara says if you marry an Ashes Yifas Torah, you're going to have a Ben Sorer Mora. <clears throat> ben Sorer Mora, we discussed many times, is between 13 and 13 and 3 months. It's a very small window. And your son is a glutton, and he's a, he's a lush, and he's a drunk, and you kill him very early on so that while he's still in the, in the better stages. But if the Torah allows for you to have a ben, uh, an Eishasi Fas Torah, it gives you a halachic framework. Why are you punished with a Ben Sorer Mora? You're doing everything correctly. The Torah just said, we, we're speaking but we're allowing you, if you make her shave and you let her grow her nails and she mourns, okay, you did it and you're still attracted. It wasn't just a one second transient urge. You want to marry her? Marry her. So why are you being punished with the Ben Sorer Mora? The answer is it's not a punishment. It's the natural progression. If a, if a child sees his father giving in to every desire and every urge, and not living within the context and the framework of the Torah, Kaddish Atzmecha B'Mutolach, says the Gemara in Nevam Astavchaf. The Ramban, Prushim Ati Nuvam Torah. Yeah, you can marry the Eishet Sifas Torah, but don't be a Nuvam B'Shusa Torah. The Ramban, that's what we just spoke about. So it's not that it's a punishment. It's the natural progression. The natural progression is children learn what they live. If they see the father giving in to all these things, then child will say, I can do that. 
they always held their father and mother in a, on a pedestal. So how we are mechanich, our children, the position we put ourselves in will ultimately impact them. And that's what the tefillah is. Tar v'kadish atzmecha. What Rav Sheshes is saying, um, sorry, it's uh, Rav Yochanan was saying, last one, Rav Meir was saying, was that Kaddish Atzmecha, V'tar V'kaddish Atzmecha, Ashmechavon, separate yourself from all the Averas. So now what we see, we have a better understanding of what this feel is, that when it says the Kedusha, Kedusha means to separate ourselves, either Prushim and Arayos, as we saw in Rashi, or Prushim and Amutarlach, separating yourselves from this Mutter to you, and that's how the whole... Tefillah should be understood. Okay. Weiter. <clears throat> Next piece in the Gemara. So the following was said in the words, these pearls of wisdoms were said from the Rabbanon of Yavna. Ani, Birya, I, the person, the Talmud Chacham was saying, I who am Osek Torah, I go ahead and learn Torah. I am a living creature. I am alive, a breathing creature. V'chaveirai, those who are Amaharats are also Birya, they're also alive. The difference is, Ani bimlachti, I go ahead and involve myself in learning be'ir, vehu bimlachto basada. And he works uh, in the field. It's a euphemism. Rashi says that my work is more uh, desirable in the eyes of a Kaddish Baruch I'm working in the city, he's working in the field. Meaning, I'm working in Dovisha Bekdusha, <coughs> in Ruchni's type of work, and he is working in, in uh, menial labor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I go ahead and get up work. I get up early for my work, meaning for my Torah. He also gets up for his Malacha. Just as he has no desire to go ahead and pursue my line of work, i.e. learning Torah. So too, I have no desire to go ahead and to work outside of learning to do regular work. Maybe you'll say that the reason why he doesn't want to go ahead and join me, the Amaris doesn't want to learn from me, that I'm on a much higher level of learning now, that he is not able to learn me, I can't have a chavrus, I'm much, I'm, much more, I'm much more advanced than he is. That's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. Why? Because we learn in Menachos Dav Kuf Yud, as the last Mishnah of Menachos discusses, it doesn't matter how much we do, it's our intentions. HaKadosh Baruch Hu only holds us accountable for what you are able to do. Not all of us can be of Moshe Feinstein or of Chaim Kanievsky. That's not our Christ. We should try, we should aspire, but you're not going to be held to that level. You'll be held to the level of your potential, what you are able to do. It's interesting, by the way, how do we know this? Because there are three types of Karbanos you can bring and, and uh, a, a usher, someone who's very wealthy, brings a, the Olav Yorid, he brings a animal. Someone who's middle brings a bird. And someone who's super poor brings flour. And by all of them, it says, all of them, all of them give off a, 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 a aromatous, pleasant aroma, aromatic uh, uh, smell. They all give off a pleasant aroma. Kosh Baruch Hu views all three the same. You have a big fat cow of a thousand pounds and you have a flower, which is uh, a little bit, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't, because that's the wealth. It depends on the, the animal you have to bring. All of you are right. But a Kosh Baruch doesn't care. All of them are, 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 are an aroma to him. So that's what we say. There, it continues. A person should always be cunning in how he uh, addresses and how he confronts Yira Shemayim. 
and says, We saw when you give a very, very soft answer, a gentle answer, it's going to uh, diffuse any anger. Um, and we saw, by the way, that it's not necessarily just talking about that when you give a soft answer to someone, it's going to diffuse the anger of your counterpart. It's even going to, we saw, we quoted Rabbi Kalish last week, uh, two weeks ago, that it's going to help you. We saw when Hillel was asked by this, by this Chutzpanyak, Erev Shabbos, four questions. Why are the eyes slanted? Why are the feet wide? Hillel gave him the most beautiful answers. And it, and it was a kid of Shashem. And he says, I hope there are not many people like you because you just cost me 400 zuz. And he says, there are a lot of people like me. So when you answer, given it doesn't just diffuse the person you're speaking to and take the uh, wind out of his sails, it also relaxes you. You should always go ahead and give shalom to your brothers and your relatives and your friends and your neighbors and anyone you see. Even a Gentile in the marketplace. So you make a kiddush Hashem, v'nechmad lamata, and that you will be desirable in this world, v'yimikubal alabrios, and everyone will love you. Amru alav Rabbi Yochanan Zakai. It is said upon about Rabbi Yochanan Zakai, shloik dimo adam shalom eolam afilo nachri b'shok. That no one ever, ever, ever got to him to say shalom before he went ahead and said shalom to someone else. Marglapumi derava. So the following was a tefila, a pearl in the name of Rava. Tachlis chachma. The purpose of Chachma, it should lead to Tshuva umasim Tovim. It should lead to Tshuva, it should lead to repentance, umasim Tovim, good acts. A person should not go ahead and learn, and then go ahead and kick and rebel against his father and his mother. Meaning, if you learn the Torah, we hope that you do chesed, you won't rebel against the Kodesh Baruch Hu, over, over Rabbo and, and his Rebbe. You should not rebel against someone who is greater than you. The beginning of Chachma is Yira, fearing Hashem, and Seichatov, logic, same. it should be a good logic for all those who do them. It doesn't say do Osim, who do it, mean the mitzvahs, who do them. Lo Osim lo nemar, el lo sehem. What is lo Osim lishma? The lo lo Osim shloshma. Osim, when you do it, you have to do it, when you have to do the mitzvahs for the shma, for the right purposes and not for ulterior motives. We'll see what that means in a second. We say that anyone who does these mitzvahs for not for the true intentions, it's better that they were never born. So a few things on this. One, what does it mean? We saw this pasuk the very first day we started brachos. We quoted this pasuk, Reishis Chachma, Yiras Hashem Secha Tov And we said, why of all mitzvahs does the first masachet in, in Gemara, in Shas, discuss mitzvahs of Kriyashma? And we brought, I think it was the Chida who brought this pasuk, that the beginning of anything is Yiras Hashem. You can't get onto the mitzvahs if you don't have Yira. And where do we accept Yiras Hashem? Shema, Kabbal Somalcha Shemaim. Shema Yisrael Hashem Kenosh Mechal. We're accepting Kabbal Somalcha Shemaim. So, Reishis Chachma, the beginning of anything, the Reishis is Yeras Hashem. And what mitzvah do we have Yeras Hashem? Shema. So, that's why we, we brought this Pasuk in the past. The other thing I want to comment is we've said in the past, we know Rabbi Sachs, I wasn't here last week, but Rabbi Sachs gave a whole shir, Shiloh Lishma, Balishma. You start out doing something without the proper intention, but the goal is eventually you'll get to the right intention, right? Even if you're not doing something for the right reasons, event- but you hear it says... Ah, so you have my question. What's my question? Which is it? Yeah. Is it better if that you... We say, no, it's okay. You're not, com- you're not doing the mitzvah right now for the right... You're doing it for the kavod. You're not doing it for the right reasons. But eventually, we'll, we'll continue, and eventually you'll come around. Or it says here, 
If shalom, shalom, um, if you do shalom shema, it's better you were never born. What do you mean? Which one is it? So Tosos gives two reasons. Tosos says, actually, there are two types of Shlolishma. One is you're doing it for your kavod. I'm only giving tzedakah so my name is in lights. My name is on the building. Everyone's going to say, so-and-so gave a million dollars. If you're doing it, that's one, re- that's one way of Shlolishma. The other way is if you're not just, you're not doing it for kavod, but you're becoming a tamachacham so that you can argue and you can slug up and you can embarrass tamidei chachamim. That's noach shlolo nevra. If you're giving tzedakah, you're doing mitzvahs, not necessarily with the, right, with, the wrong inten- with the right intentions, the wrong intentions. That, we say, continue, and eventually you'll realize that kavod kina and, and, and kavod... Um, thank you. Kina kavod taiva, motzianz adam in olam. Perkei says, there's certain things that take you out of this world. So you, you want kavod, you're, you're going to leave this world. It's not going to be good for you. So you'll eventually see that. But if you... So that's... No, so that will continue, will encourage you. But when it comes to things like when you're doing it to just to learning, just to go ahead and to disprove and to refute and to embarrass, before I want to think one last thought, just before we'll go on, I have more to say, but we'll talk about it tomorrow. But this word here, tshuva, I just want to say we're in Elul now, most beautiful thought. It says here that we, we say that tshuva umasim tovim, we, we hope that tshuva umasim tovim. Um, we, that was part of the tefillah of Rava. In, in uh, Parshas Ekev, uh, it says, Tamid It doesn't say, the Pasuk is not congruous, it's not in parallel, because it says, hashana. Hashem's eyes should always be upon us at the beginning of the year, it's missing a hey at the end. It says, Meresheus Hashana. Ad Acharis Shana. It should say, Meresha's Hashan Ad Acharis Hashana, or Meresha's Shana Ad Acharis Shana. Elliot's checking me. He's going through the, uh, he lanes it. Right, am I right? Meresha's Hashana? Right, it's missing the hey. It doesn't say Hashana. It says the beginning of the year to end of year. It doesn't say the end of the year. So it says, Meresha's Hashan Ad Acharis Shana. Why? So, <clears throat> AK voice falls out around Elo time. And we know that in Elul, we always make these New Year's resolutions. We always say, this year is going to be the year. I'm going to get to Minyan on time. I'm going to be a better spouse. I'm going to give more tzedakah. I'm going to do more chesed. We make a whole laundry list of things. And so at the beginning of the year, we say, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. It's going to be Hashanah. At the end of the year, sadly, we, many things have fallen off. And it's just Hashanah. It's like any other year. We, the 15 things that we put down that we're going to do at the beginning of the year, sadly, none of them are left. And at the end of the year, it's just like any other year. <laughs> Says Rav Yol Teitelbaum, the first Satmar of, when will the Geula come? For those who don't dive in Nusach Sfard, we say, I, I dive in Ashkenaz, but I've dive enough times, we say, Hein ga'alti eschem, achris When will the Geula come? When the end is like the beginning. If we can say at the end of the year, it was Hashana that we kept all the resolutions that we did. When we can say, when we can call the end of the year Hashana, it wasn't just the year at the beginning of the year. But at the end of the year, it was also the year. That's when the Geula will come. Mirza, don't pick up tomorrow. It should be a year that we continue to strive and we fulfill all of our resolutions for the year above, the year ahead. And we'll see everyone tomorrow. Mirza, Shabbat Shalom.